0: Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend
1: doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to Orange
0: and Blue Bloods. Hosted by E.J. Stewart and Tommy Beer. Let's get to it, New York. Yes, we will. We'll be talking more about some of the other teams on uh, this trade deadline. But before we move on to the Knicks, uh, the Knicks did move Cam Reddish, but uh, they did not find new home for some other players that had been rumored to be on the trading block. So Obi Topham was a player uh, that some people thought would get shipped out of here. He is still in New York, despite the fact that he has not been getting a lot of playing time because of the emergence of Julius Randle. Uh, Derek Rose and Evan Fournier, two vets who uh, were seen you know, in high regards last season have not played much this season. Those guys were are still on the team. I don't know if you saw uh, uh, Evan uh, Fournier's uh, Instagram posts. You know, he posted a picture of him smiling on the Garden Court saying that he can unpack his stuff now So because he knew he wasn't leaving. So uh, Evan Fournier, again, takes everything in stride, as we've seen him a lot this season do, do that. So uh, those three guys are still on the team. Are you surprised that none of them were dealt?
1: Uh, OB's a, a different story. As far as Fournier and, and Rose are concerned, I'm not shocked. Um, obviously the Knicks would have done it had they, you know, received anything of value back or not had to attract, attach draft capital. They would have had to, you know, attach a first round pick to get rid of Fournier. And, and he's shown that you know he can be a, you know, on a on any given night, score 17 and, and you know, contribute off the bench if you have injuries or something. There's just no reason it's you know, moving him wouldn't have, you know, give the Knicks a max cap slot this offseason. So there's just really no motivation um to do so. Uh, obviously when he's an expiring contract this time next year, different story. Um, rose if you know they needed to facilitate as a third team um you know to in in terms of salary slot you know become a third team and to facilitate a deal that might have made sense but again they're not going to attach draft capital to get rid of him um i it's potential i i I wouldn't be shocked if they discussed a bio with rose if another team say the Suns, needed a backup point guard or you know the lakers they, they have plenty of point guard depth now but um one of those other teams, a competitive team, you know, top five in the conference, a chance where Rose would get some on court and, and have a chance to make a run. If they felt that was best for the organization, I, I have no doubt that that they would do what's best for D. Rose. Um, so we'll see if that happens. As far as Obi goes, um, it sounds like the front office has a has a higher, you know, they, they place a higher valuation on top, end, um than the coaching staff does. Um, it sounds like they were asking price for Obi was a little bit too high, um, you know. But uh, whereas that the, the coaches doesn't feel that he's ready to contribute defensively, basketball IQ wise, um, we'll see how that turns out. We've talked about this ad infinitum. Um, now that Obi's but Obi's going to be here for the rest of the season, does he play more than ten minutes a night? 12 minutes a night, probably less likely now that Josh Hart's in the picture. Um, What do they do this offseason? He's extension eligible. They probably don't offer him extension, which means um, he'll essentially be on the the precipice of unrestricted uh, free agency in the final year of his rookie contract. How does that play out? Um again, it's just hard to figure out where he's gonna get playing time, where he's gonna have an opportunity to prove that he's, you know, capable of more as long as Randall's healthy. Um, but uh, you know, they didn't sell low on him, um, which is in, in some respects yep. they, they have, you know, so that that's that's one positive. And obviously, um this team is looking to to catch the six seed, catch the five seed, you know, at least stay at seven seed or higher. Um and doing so, you, 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 they didn't really have a, a true backup four. Obviously, Obie's the backup four, which protects you, gives you insurance should Randall get injured. So um, I'm not shocked uh, by, by any means.
0: Yeah, I, I'm not surprised either. I think Fournier is just—he just wasn't going to have any takers this season. I mean, we saw last year with Alec Burks, uh, who was making less money than Fournier, that teams aren't weren't going to take a guy who they looked at as a probably a net negative and uh, and take keep him on for another year and know with another year left on his contract, like. Burks had another year left, so the Knicks couldn't move him last year. They were begging teams to take him, and nobody would take him. When it came to the draft, and there was someone interested, and that was Detroit. So uh, we saw the same thing with and well. So I, I think that we're going to see the same thing with Fournier. Nobody wanted to take him this year. I get that. He, he, we know what he is defensively. We know he hits some shots, but you know the defense really hurts you. And he's making a pretty pretty penny for a guy who doesn't really provide anything other than you know some shooting. So. Uh, I think this offseason you'll see him get moved, uh maybe in the draft, maybe, you know, around you know, June, July first, somewhere around there. But uh, but he was gonna stay. Derrick Rose, he he is a team option. So you thought maybe he was a little more likely maybe someone would take a flyer on him. But uh there as we saw during the trade deadline, there were a lot of better guards who <laughs> were being shipped around, you know. So so I didn't really see a market for him for based on the guards that got traded. And then with Toppin. I, I mean, look, I guess like I said on the last podcast, like I, he's my favorite Nick right now on this team. So I'm happy he's 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 here still. But I also feel like I'm not surprised they lost him because if you lose him, you don't have a backup for like they don't like the Knicks have a kind of a weirdly constructed roster to some degree. And, you know, it may like that's that's what the Jared Vanderbilt thing made a little sense. Is all right if you're going to lose Top and like you need to replace right. him with somebody. So Top yeah. you no know, Vanderbilt with someone who slide in there. But if you're not going to replace him with a viable player, then what's the point of trading him? And I think that probably in a lot of these deals that they were talking about with other teams, teams they've been offering a lot of second round picks, maybe even first round picks. But if, if like, they're trying to win this season, so yeah. if they trade Top and they don't have a backup four man and all of their other wings, they don't have any combo wings really guys who would play three and four it didn't really make much sense so i'm not i, I kind of thought the top and stuff was a little overblown in terms of like oh he's definitely gonna get traded because there are so many things that had to work in a deal they had to get back a competent maybe a competent draft pick uh or a massive upgrade in their and on the bench and they would also have to replace top <laughs> uh so i, I just thought there's too many things would have to work out perfectly for the knicks to find a deal that made sense so i wasn't surprised either that any that none of these guys
1: got traded I thought the the Wiseman trade was interesting in terms of Obi Toppin because, mm. like like Toppin, Wiseman's a second draft guy, you know. And, and Troy Weaver in Detroit yeah. is known for for taking a chance, rolling the dice on those second draft. Meaning the guy didn't pan out with the team that originally drafted him. Now you're you're, you're trading or acquiring or signing as a free agent one of these young unproven players. Um, and and all the Pistons had to do was give up second round picks, five second round picks. Granted, which seems was like the going rate for for players yesterday. Um, but yeah, for the for the Pistons to get a player with Wiseman's upside, I really like that for Detroit, even though they have a ton of centers. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, that's a problem. But, and that's you know, an issue, and they'll they'll have to figure that out. I'm surprised there wasn't a corresponding move, and I think Nerland's Noel hits the bio market because of it. Um, but again, yeah. I you know um, if Wiseman couldn't even if no team was willing to trade a first round pick for Wiseman, that tells you that, that Obi you know wouldn't wasn't uh, you know and another team likely wasn't going to invest a first rounder in in Toppin. So um, I thought that kind of gave a sense of the market for those kind of undervalued uh, you know young players that hadn't panned out with their original team.
0: I mean we finally kind of put a bow on this Knicks trade deadline, how do you kind of grade how the team did, considering uh, the move they made and the move they didn't make uh, with these other players?
1: I think we'll, the first time we can give a grade to it is you know April fifteenth or whatever when the when the right. end of the playing tournament, end of the playoffs. Um, I, I again, I initially like it, um, so I'm not going to second guess it. I, I think it was a smart trade. I think it was a good trade. I think hard helps the team, but ultimately. We're going this, this trade will be determined by what happens on July 1st um, in free agency, because if they don't resign. And again, I I I, I definitely think Hart will opt out. It's only a twelve point nine million dollar player option. He can get far more than that um, in the, you know, via long term cash, even if it's annually, even if he can, if he had to settle for 12, um, he'll get three, four years at 12 million. Yeah, I think his, his annual cost will be closer to 15. Um So uh, so again, the Knicks need to retain him in order for this trade to be to truly work out Um, so that uh, my sense is, again, we haven't mentioned it yet. Josh Hart is not only a Villanova guy, um, not only a a dibs guy, uh, he's also a CAA guy. Um, you yeah. know, so, so there's 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 obviously um I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that that the that Leon Rose might have a little familiarity with what Hart is looking at in free agency, what his agent thinks he's worth, what his agent thinks he'll get, whether he'll opt out. Did they discuss the Knicks can also sign him to a two-year extension? Is that a possibility before he opts into free agency? They don't extend two years on the, you know, he picks up the player option then they extend two years on top of that. Um, My guess is they intend to do that. You don't trade a first round pick or potentially a first round pick to rent a veteran on a, on a team that's around 500 for three months um, that that's bad business. So I don't think they'll, you know, anything can happen. That's, that's certainly a possibility. Um, you know, it doesn't get along, whatever the case might be. Um, but I think that's outside the likelihood of happening. So I think they need to resign them in order for the, for the trade to be truly successful. I think they'll do that. And I think you'll have a, a core piece around the, the, the Brunson, you know, the, the, the Brunson IQ, Mitch Rob grimes, um, RJ, although I think, and big picture, and we'll, again, we'll talk about this next week. Um, and during the old sub break, when we have some time, I think this lays the groundwork for RJ being traded this off season. whether I, I was kind of happy that OG and didn't get moved at the deadline, because now I think there's a great, a greater uh, likelihood that, um, the Knicks are in play this, this off season. Um, but I, I think that RJ's t- tenure with the team is, the most tenuous it's been since he got drafted. Let me just say that I don't think it's a likelihood wow. they'll trade him. I don't think they're 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 dying to move him. I don't think they're desperate to trade him. They'd be happy to hold them. But if the Knicks are going to go superstar hunting. RJ and draft picks, I think, is the package they're going to put out there. They did it with Donovan Mitchell. Now they're even more more likely to do it um, now that they have a competent, a very good starting, uh, I shouldn't say very good, but a competent, above-average starting small forward that can contribute and fits in well alongside Brunson and Randall, as we've mentioned. So um, uh, as far as the grade goes, I like it initially, um, but they have to keep them long-term in order for it to be a truly successful deal, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I think that if, you know, Hart, you know, bounces his off season and you know, a Knicks season that ends, I, you know, I, I would hope it ends at least in the playoffs, right. uh, but it ends in a first round exit. I mean, I don't know how much that does for me, but, um, but if they are able to keep them and then you know, they make the playoffs, maybe they lose in six games or five games to one of these teams at the top end teams. And you say, okay, uh, you know, you got back to where you were, you know, the first year years, you know, you made the playoffs, uh, didn't make last year. I think feel fine with that. And Long term, uh, stayed in the hole. And you, you signed that contract. That makes sense, too. You know, I you're the guy, I want to see you signed for four years, $100 million or something like that. If it's a reasonable deal, I, I think that, that's a good move for the next